Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Kevin Ross your three cocktail questions. Uh, happy Labor Day here in the United States, a time when we can sit back, relax, and talk to our friends. In fact, I'm talking to my three cocktails right now. And we all started to sit back and think a little bit about uh, Game of Thrones this season and the age that we sort of find ourselves in. Uh, that is the age of bingeability, instantaneous content, hot takes, and the media. And it got me to start to seriously think, are authors going to be required to make their story bingeable? Let me explain. Uh, in this last season of Game of Thrones, we knew George R. R. Martin has promised two additional books. Uh, those um, have been have yet to come, but he provided uh, the showrunners uh, notes, uh, an outline, guidelines on where he intends to take the story. But now, before episode, before we uh, ran off the books, which were five books ago, the story was his. It was only George's, only out of his mind. But once the show began, and once uh, we begin to experience his ideas, not just through books, but on the show, uh, the internet begins to take on, take on his story and maybe perhaps breathe a new life or add a new layer to it. Ideas that he may or may not have had or did have and rejected, but become popular on the on online and through the community because of how they're presented and the way they're presented. Um, which may or may not influence things going forward. Uh, one of the best examples I can give of that is what we call the, you know, the John uh, Seal Team Six or the Snowside Squad, or this last example of uh, how the Night King uh, acquires um, uh, the dragon. Um, we know it, it appears that the Night King has set a trap uh, to acquire the dragon. Uh, but how that process will transpire may be different in the books. The the adventure to go north and to eventually trap our heroes, to get Daenerys to come out and provide cover for our heroes, might be different. How different? It may very well be that different from what George had in mind. He may very well have had in mind uh, a not as small of a group, because that seemed crazy, but maybe 30 or 40 people going beyond the wall. A small tribe, which would tend to make a little more sense, uh, and the same thing happening there, except we now have a few more whites in the, the good guy party. Um, uh, and then we have the the uh, dragon attacking the wall and bringing it down. But there's been a lot of criticism about that online for, I believe, two very important reasons. One, we all saw it coming because uh, how else? Could, because we've all discussed the possibility of how to take the wall down. And two, with the advent of superhero movies 10 years ago, this 20-year-old story we've seen play out on the big screen. Uh, this is the ad advantage of what people in the media business call the, the blue sky beam, right? It is the take out the, uh, the, the mothership and all the bad guys from outer space fall away. Uh, take out the main computer and all the robots collapse. We may be getting that with the White Walkers uh, and the Whites and the Night King. He might be another example of the Skybeam. But the George didn't see that in, in any form of, of modern storytelling. So will that change? 
Could it change? Does it need to change? Does he need to uh, provide his ability to move forward to keep his story unique and to keep us from guessing what that process would begin to look like? I'm not sure. That's why I'm bringing this up. It it seems to me that in order to keep a story just the authors and then accept the criticism that comes forward for it, this author is going to have to create the entirety of his story, and someone is either going to have to buy it all at once or have it all in place so that can happen. Uh, I'll go into a little more of this uh, in part two of this conversation. In the meantime, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, tell your friends about it. And this is simply part one of our author is going to be required to make their content bingeable. Thanks. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Kevin Ross, your three cocktail questions. This is author. Our author is going to make their content bingeable part two. So as discussed before, uh, uh, author uh, George R. R. Martin, uh, his story was not complete. And because his story was not complete, he provided notes to showrunners, and the showrunners are doing their very best they possibly can with 13 episodes uh, moving forward to complete George's story. But that's really just it, isn't it? It comes down to, in, in a lot of ways, as we're discussing here, me and the three cocktails are discussing, is the story, is the story in the story universe an open universe or a closed universe. Let me explain that. Um, J.K. Rowling has a open universe. The uh, stories all the way through uh, Harry Potter and the insert, you know, obligatory extra title, uh, going all the way up to where he destroys Baltimore, uh, are a complete and rounded story, all complete altogether. Uh, and before the age of the internet, she was able to. Uh, really, before it really the hot take of that universe takes off, she was able to complete her her books in a timely manner, uh, one at a time. Put the book out there, uh, some criticism, some not, but she was still able to write and produce hers on her own. There was not there was not so much of a time gap between when the first book was coming out to the second, to the third, to the fourth, etc. Uh, you then go into something like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is another fantasy book, probably one would argue that was the great-grandfather of all fantasy in the United States, and maybe even in Europe, in the modern age. Uh, but it's a closed universe. Uh, one, because the author is no longer with us, but it has a complete middle and end. The story is complete. Uh, but then the author went back to fill in story holes that he himself found um, uh, through other sets of novels and completed that aspect of the universe. We now go to Game of Thrones. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go. I'll take it one back. We go to Star Wars. Star Wars is an open universe. Uh, way back when uh, I was a young man, uh, uh, we saw Star Wars, not A New Hope, but Star Wars, the first one, the most complete movie of all of all of them, beginning, middle, and end. And we thought that was it. It was over. It was done. Uh, then some novels kind of came out. Uh, and uh, they weren't exactly George's vision, but he kind of approved them because they were kind of along the same storyline, etc. Um, once the, to make a long story short here, once Disney acquired Star Wars, uh, they are now going through all of that, sifting through all of this material, comic books and uh, stories from other authors, etc. Distilling down what we as a, as a, 
public, a buying public and a fandom enjoy about that series. And if it may not be canon now, and it's Legends now, that's not to say it's not going to be canon in the future. They have a way that they would like to take the best of those ideas and place them into a timeline that they feel is right to move all of these stories forward, essentially reorganizing the best and the greatest parts of that landscape. But then you have, uh, it's still an open universe because you can still go way back in time to uh, what we refer to as the Old Republic or the way things used to be. Essentially, uh, when we are in the prequel era, we are looking at Coruscant at the end of the Old Republic, the very, very last end of it, the last shining bastion of the Old Republic. But how did Coruscant become? How did that happen? Uh, we'll be discussing that in the in the uh, next days and weeks uh, here, now that Game of Thrones is over. But uh, there are stories to be told there. And the closest that we have is a video game, right? Uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic and where stories like that came from. That is an open universe. And we are very happy with that open universe because an author can create... And what we're seeing now, there's a story group that gives them parameters. They create a story. They submit it. If it's approved, it moves forward and becomes canon. Uh, the next section, uh, what I'm going to call part three, is is George R. R. Martin stuck between this open universe and this closed universe concept with what's about to happen? And is he going to be the George Lucas of our day? Which is to say, he is a creative force. But is he going to be forced for the balance of his years to be always building Game of Thrones? Thanks, everybody. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, this is a conversation. Uh, so please call into the station. Let me know what you think. Thanks very much. Good afternoon, everyone. This is uh, Kevin Ross for Three Cocktail Questions. This is uh, Our Author is Going to Be Forced to Be Bingeable, Part 3. So as discussed in the, in the last previous ones, we have um, Tolkien. J.K. Rowling and the Star Wars universe as examples of open and closed universes. We are now uh, working our way into comics and George R. R. Martin. A comic universe, comic books, are best, I guess, basically the greatest example of an open and closed universe. They are typically given a five-year run uh, for, this, for its particular story, generally because that's usually the buying audience between 13 and 18 years old. Uh, generally speaking, that's been the traditional model where those stories have the greatest impact and the greatest influence. And after the 18, eight, uh, after year 18, the uh, authors tend to be reset. Stories are retold and modernized based on what worked and what didn't. Uh, you see that very much in the popularity of a story like Injustice and Injustice 2, where uh, Superman finally has enough and begins taking matters into his own hands in the way that the internet has always wanted Superman to. What would that story look like? You know, it answers the question, uh, why does Gotham City exist if there's a Superman? Right? You know, there's this giant black pit of crime, and Superman's pretty much got the world balanced, but there's that pit. What's that all about? Injustice and Injustice 2 begin to solve that problem. But let's look at Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones now has a closed universe. Uh, with five books about ready to be uh, finished off with seven. And that story, that, that story is finished from where we pick up and where we end off. Essentially, it's the Baelish storyline of Baelish starting a war with Robert Baratheon uh, because, as we have just recently learned, and 
heavy, heavy, heavy spoiler alert here. If you haven't watched it and you don't know, then turn this off and come back and watch it, then come right back. But uh, it turned out that um, uh, uh, Iana ran off with Rhaegar, uh, rejecting Robert. And it looks like Robert started a war over jilted love, over a lie. And it looks as if he may have had Littlefinger uh, helping him do that. And this kicks off Robert's Rebellion. And of course, winner making uh, the rules and writing the history, uh, Robert said that she was kidnapped and raped and forced to do all kinds of these terrible things because who could want to run away from Robert Baratheon, right? Wow. What a story. Now, but now as we're moving into um, this age of hot, the hot take, the age of, a, of someone in the media, uh, frankly, of someone like me who can go on a, a, uh, a simple recording like, like this particular a- application, the Anchor app, record their feelings and place them out onto the uni- out into the universe and to influence other people about how I feel about something and it might change their mind about how they feel about something or it's if they don't care it might be their first impression about that thing how does this then go back and shape the author trying to make their story relevant I go back to the blue beam of of uh, the Avengers when we first saw the Avengers on screen, it was amazing. Um, it was a comic book come to life. And the first time that we saw, you know, what, what they call the blue beam, which is you take out the mothership and all the other little bad guys fall away. Well, it appears that this is what's going to happen with the Night King. If we destroy the Night King uh, and all the whites go, we may have some of the actual Lieutenant White Walkers who were alive before um, the, uh, the Night King turned them into something. Remember the little babies that got that uh, he turned and they became, you know, blue and maybe they grow up. Maybe they're alive, but they're not, maybe they're like the night King, but we don't know these things. These are still parts of speculation, but because we now have instantaneous hot takes where literally hundreds of thousands or millions of people can talk about an author's creation during the act of creation. This is very important. It's during the act of creation. How does an author or if an author does adjust that story, and should they adjust that story? Should we be upset that we all saw, or some of us all saw, the ending of season seven? And I, I loved it very much. You know, I, I caught one of the metalest things you could have ever seen. Okay, but some people were like, "Eh, I've seen that already. I've seen that in the movies. What's the big deal, George? How come you can't give us an instantaneous hot takes?" We'll talk about more about that in part four of this. Thanks. This is our author is going to be forced to be make their content bingeable. Part four. So as discussed before, just in the last. Uh, uh, hi everybody, this is Kevin Ross, and your three cocktail questions. Uh, just as discussed as before, uh, we've been going over open and closed universes. We have been discussing. Um, the ability for an author to interface with fan bases, and now. Uh, we are looking at the balance of this last season in Game of Thrones, and will that affect an author, and should it affect an author, and if it does, what should the author do about it? If anything at all, it's their story, and that's really what it is, isn't it? It's their story. It's their story to tell. How they choose to put it out there in the world is up to them. Twenty years ago, the very concept of taking out uh, the Night King in this manner was never seen on screen in such a way. Uh, 
uh, uh, the ability to, to watch uh, time travel, which is what I believe is going on, from the from our perspective and not the time traveler's perspective, we have never seen before. But a lot of people are beginning to come around that Brian and the Night King are the same person doing the same thing. Uh, is it because I discussed it here? Other bloggers are taking that on and are, are you know, adding more detail to the hypothesis and moving it forward. And if that's the case, does the author then adjust his story to keep his story fresh, to get us buying more books, to uh, extrapolate more of the story? Uh, we go back into a little more detail about uh, Snow Team, uh, you know, uh, Snow Team Six or C uh, John Seal Team Six, where the show could only really afford. Uh, you know, eight guys, nine guys going out there. But maybe in the book, it's really probably closer to 40 or 50 to get the same thing because you really wouldn't go out there to face the, the Night King with just eight guys. You might bring out 40 or 50. makes a little more sense, right? Have a little more people at the wall that you could pull from. And, but, of course, you also got more cannon fodder for be turned into whites, and that's another story altogether. Uh, or maybe what ends up happening there is they engage uh, – they engage. They run away. They don't go to the center of some kind of crazy lake. And the white they actually bring back is a member of uh, a lower member of the party, just a, a random guy from the Night's Watch. And he ends up getting turned, and they bring him back. We don't know because George hasn't told us yet, but George gets to hear our criticism. And that's my point here. All of these larger open-ended universes, comic books, um, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, DC, etc., they get to hear us complain after they produce. In an open world environment, in a shared universe environment, they that's what you would do. Typical TV writing is you don't write the entire episodes out. You write out three or four. You put it out there, and then you adjust as the audience gravitates to character. Right? That's not what an author does. An author has to design their universe start to finish. In the, at least in their minds and at least on paper, and then put, produce out the detail. We love Game of Thrones so much because it is so dense in history, so dense in detail that he took he takes his a great amount of time, but it's like a very very thick brownie, not easy to make and takes a long time to bake. But man, once you get it in your mouth, it is so good. That's what's going on here, and it's why, to some degree, some people have had. Uh, episode season six and seven come off a little little short to them because they've had all this detail in the in episode in the seasons one through five and less in six and seven because there was no there was no books to go from. So does the author now go back as he's building these books and add the detail we like to make it what what is a very ugly term called fan you know fan service? Does he stick to his original plan and we go ah? Oh, well, okay, it was good, but we kind of already saw it coming, and we saw it on the show. What's the big deal? Eh, it's a good story, George. You know, not, he didn't quite stick the landing. Well, of course he stuck the landing. He stuck the landing 20 years ago when he designed the universe. We have just seen these things happen already. We have seen these things exist already. Part of um, uh, So that's the question I am posing to all of us out here. Are we going to require our authors to be bingeable? Are we so... Uh, used to and can't stand to wait that we are going to make great creative minds design something all at once, produce it all at once so that we can still be surprised. 
Like and subscribe, everyone. These are just my thoughts, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again for listening.